So good to be with you this morning, wherever you are worshiping at, all of you here in the worship center, all of you over in the chapel. We know the choir sounded phenomenal this morning. And then a shout out to our Minnetonka campus. Make sure you give Pastor Greg a high five for us from over here in Golden Valley. And then anyone who's watching online somewhere else in the world, we are so, so blessed that you have chosen to join us this morning. And I want to let you know you are in for a huge treat today because we have a guest preacher with us. His name is Dr. Sammy Wagnoni. He is the CEO and the founder of Shine in the World Ministries that, as you saw in the video, um, they're doing incredible ministry around the world and also here in the Twin Cities. But also, we're especially blessed at Calvary because we get to share office space with Shine, and that's been just an incredible thing. And we also are blessed to be able to partner with them, and I'm excited for you to hear about some ways that we can continue to be involved in their ministry in the years ahead. And so without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to Dr. Sammy. Thank you, Pastor Zach. Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Zach and the Calvary team. We love you guys. Um, it is such a joy uh, to be able to share uh, the space that you have provided here in the offices. Uh, you know, when we come in every Monday morning and we are working and we are connecting with people all over the world. Um, and, and just the realization that you people here at Calvary uh, have provided that space for us to be able to, be, uh, to share with your team. It is such a blessing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, you know, when we see the nations being impacted with the gospel of Jesus, whether in Mozambique or in Ethiopia or in Iraq or wherever that God keeps sending us, you know, you get to be a part of the reward at the end of the day uh, because of your faithfulness in service to Jesus Christ. I'm blessed actually to have uh, my whole family with me here, my wife and uh, my kids, Junior, Shiloh, Josiah, uh, right here in the front. Um, God has really uh, blessed us and I just want to acknowledge them uh, for their love and support as well. Um, yeah, as you saw, God is working in the world. His Holy Spirit is moving in this season and in this hour. Uh, the outworking of the works of the Spirit of God was not just something that happened in the Old Testament or in the, uh, uh, from at the dead times of Pentecost, but God is continuing to move even now. See the prophet Joel, he says, uh, prophesies in Joel 2.28, uh, he says, in the last days I will pour out my Spirit, says the Lord. And young men and young women will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. And Peter stands in the New Testament reflecting upon that passage of Joel 2.28 and says what Joel prophesied then is what is happening now. What he said then is what you see here in this moment. Now, Joel says it was in the, it's going to be in the last days. Now, if Peter, standing 2,000 years ago, said what Joel had prophesied was what he was seeing happen in front of him, how much more ought we to say that today? 
because we are much, much more closer to the coming of the Lord than Peter was, than Paul was, than any of those disciples of Jesus Christ were. And God is pouring out, accelerating the outworking of his power, the outpouring of his spirit today more than any other time. Part of the uniqueness of this moment and the urgency of this moment is that, you know, we have more people alive today all at once than any other time in history. Just think about that. That we have more people alive right now in the world that we are living in this moment and in this time when we have many more people alive than any other time in the history of the world. It makes the call to the Great Commission, to the proclamation of Jesus Christ, even more urgent. And the fact that God is counting on all of us that love him, that trust him, that know him, that seek after him, to proclaim that message, it makes it more relevant, more urgent now than any other time in the history of the world. Maybe we might look back and idolize people like Paul and people like Peter and you know, people like John the Apostle. We may idolize even more recent servants of God like you know, maybe Martin Luther, Martin Luther or um, you know, Billy Graham or Reinhard Bonke or you know, all the other servants of God that he has used, John Wesley's and all the others that have gone before us. I was being reminded the other day by one of, one of my friends that, you know, uh, John Wesley rode a horse for 200,000 miles. You know, riding the back of a horse for 200,000 miles. And it was a monumental accomplishment in his day, in his time. He preached the gospel. I don't know, um, maybe uh, several million people doing that, just riding the, you know, the, the horse as he went around proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we might look back and say, well, that, that is probably not possible today. You know what happened 200 years ago? Is it relevant now? Is it relevant today? And the reality is that it is much, much more relevant than ever before. The other day I was looking back and I realized, you know, I've flown two million miles. That is 10 times what Wesley went around preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, my horse is an airplane, so it's a little different, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the, we have this potential, exponential potential for the kingdom of God, for the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the message of Christ to go forth to the very ends of the earth. Not only do we have that exponential ability through travel, but we have exponential ability through media, through social media, through all kinds of platforms that we get to have in front of us. I remember, you know, as we were in Mozambique preaching the gospel just a few weeks ago, and we had, you know, some members of Calvary with us as well, which was a huge blessing to have. But, you know, one of the things that happened is that we had 33 different channels, you know, TV, radio, social platforms, YouTube, all this, and they were freely broadcasting this message as we, as we shared Jesus in their community. 
And one local radio station, they, they, they got back to us later on and they said, you know, as, we were, as you were preaching the gospel, we had 10 million listeners listen, tuning in to hear the message of Jesus Christ. That is exponential. God is at work and in this season, in this hour, we have the greatest privilege and the greatest opportunity. Now, the one thing that God wants to do and wants us to be aware of, he's not calling us to go and take his gospel just over there. Yes, we are being called to take his gospel all around the world, there included. Iraq or Mozambique or India or Pakistan and all these places that I've had the privilege to go to, you know, in the course of my life. But you know, one unique thing that is happening today is that there is this human movement or movement of peoples from all over the world to all over the world. There is a movement across a cross-pollination of nations and peoples and languages and tribes of people moving from one corner of the earth to the other corner of the earth. You know, I was born in a small little village in western Kenya. Uh, it's, it doesn't easily show up on Google Earth when you try to Google it, right? Um, and out there, I felt like I was so far away, removed from the rest of the world. You know, we lived in a small little mud hut in those days, and, you know, I walked around bare feet and had some tattered clothes around, and, hey, we just lived our life. It was beautiful out there in the country. No social media, no electricity, no uh, phones, all these gadgets of today. But you know what? In that small village as I was there, I encountered the person of Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God was moving in, in, that, in those villages. And I gave my life to Christ as a kid. And then when I was eight years old, I had this powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit where I got filled with the Holy Ghost. And I was preaching and proclaiming Jesus. I remember beginning to speak English. Some of you asked me, how did you learn your English? I say, the Holy Spirit taught me. Because I began, I began speaking perfect English in that, in that hour when I was eight years old in my little village. And then the Holy Spirit began to work in my heart and to say, one day, I'm going to use you to take my gospel to the nations of the world. Here I am in this little village obscure with no resources and with nothing around. You know, just, we, we just played little soccer. We made our own little balls. We took plastic bags and we tied them up and turned it into a soccer ball and we'll kick it around. Some of you that have traveled around the world, you, can, you know what I'm talking about. But the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to use you to take my good news to the ends of the earth. And maybe you're seated here today, you're counting yourself out. Maybe you're sitting at Minnetonka campus and you're counting yourself out. You look at ar around you and you say, I, you know, I, I don't know that I can go to, you know, to the ends of the earth and proclaim the gospel of Christ. I mean, what do I have? What did I have in my little village? But you know what? God is working. God is moving. God is at work now, here, in this place. 
His deliverance, his freedom, his salvation is at work right now. And he's pouring out his mighty spirit right now. And with the movement of peoples from place to place, just like he took me from my village and planted me in Minneapolis. And he said, from here you will take the gospel to the ends of the earth. And here I am 25 years later, taking the good news of Jesus to the peoples of the earth. But now he says, you know, look, I've also brought the nations here. I've brought the people from Myanmar to Minneapolis. I've brought the people from Malaysia to Minneapolis. I've brought the people from Tunisia to Minneapolis. I brought people from Iraq to Minneapolis. I brought people from Somalia to Minneapolis. I brought people from Nigeria to Minneapolis. I brought people from India to Minneapolis and St. Paul. I brought people from Laos to Minneapolis, to the, from the Philippines. All these nations, they are gathered here in the Twin Cities. We have a million first and second generation that don't have, uh, 90% of them don't necessarily have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And then of course we have all the, you know, the European Americans who are here and many of them now they're lost. They need to hear the good news of Jesus. Our neighbors, our friends, our co-workers, all around us that need to know the love of God, to know the message of Christ, that to need to encounter the saving grace of Jesus, especially in a culture that is confused. We are confused about our gender identity. We are confused about our politics. We are confused about, you know, our economy. We are confused about um, just everything. Even when we have so much we are still overwhelmed by our fallen nature and overwhelmed by sin, overwhelmed by darkness, overwhelmed by anxiety, overwhelmed by fear, overwhelmed by shame, overwhelmed by sin. And Jesus calls out, he says, come to me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Come, I'll give you rest. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You feel like your life is difficult? Jesus says, come, give it to me. I'll give you rest. You feel confused? He says, come, I'll show you the way. I'll show you the light. I'll shine my light in your heart. And this morning he offers that to us. He offers to you. He offers it to me. He offers it to all of us. He offers it to our city to the nations that are here. I believe so strongly that this is the hour for America. Often when I speak to people, they think, well, you know, it might be happening over there in Africa. It might be opening, happening in Mozambique or Tanzania or Ethiopia. But I don't think that God is moving here in America. I have some good news for you. God is omnipresent. That is one of his, that's one of his attributes. 
and the Holy Spirit is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere. He's moving here. He's moving now. He's moving in this season. And he wants to bring salvation and grace and hope and deliverance and healing and freedom to his people. Hallelujah. In 15 years, you know, one in every two people in the Twin Cities will be, you know, somebody from somewhere else around the world. The great opportunity we have is that while in some of these places you may not freely proclaim the gospel of Jesus, here in America we can. And so as a city we have a great moment, a great opportunity to present Jesus to our neighbors. That if they had lived in Laos or if they had lived in Somalia, they may never have heard about Jesus. But because they're here in the Twin Cities, we get to share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Some of us may object and say, but you know, don't they have their own religions? I mean, they have their own mosques. They have their own temples. They have their own places of worship. Why should we bother to share Jesus with them? Why should we take Christianity to them? Well, the truth is that they are looking for answers. They are looking for the light. They are looking for hope. They are looking for meaning and purpose. And if what Jesus says about himself is true, where he says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me, then it goes without a question that all of them, regardless of where they are worshiping now, regardless of what idols that they have established now, they need to hear the truth of Jesus Christ. And they need to know that he has laid down his life for them. And they need to encounter the grace of God now and here. Maybe you're here, you've been searching yourself. You've tried out different things and religions and lifestyles. You know what? You too today can encounter Jesus Christ. The thing with Christianity is that it's not something that is inherited. It's not hereditary. It is personal. It is unique. It is individual. And we get to encounter Jesus generation to generation personally. I thank God that, you know, my dad was the first in his entire generation to encounter Jesus in his life. And I get to be a second generation believer as a result. But I didn't come to Jesus because of my father's heritage. I encountered Jesus as an individual, as a person. And I get to live my life, my encountered life with Jesus uniquely because his power is at work in and through my own life. Jesus tells us in John 4, 21 through 24, he says we should anticipate a harvest of God worshipers who were formerly idolaters. Speaking to the Samaritan woman, he says, you know, 
uh, in that, you know, in a, da- a time is coming. You know, there was a time when people worshipped there, when they worshipped there, when they went to their temples, when they worshipped Muhammad or Buddha or, you know, whichever a prophet or, or, or Sikh or whatever. But a day is coming when true worshippers will worship the Father in truth and in spirit. Truth is important. Truth is important. Even in our day when there is so much technology and sophistication, we know that truth has been lost in the myriad of things happening all around us. But yet, this truth stands out in the form of a person called Jesus. And he shines brighter than ever. He desires that we may know him and know the way of life. In Acts chapter 17 verse 30, you know, the Bible tells us that in the days of ignorance, God overlooked. The days when people went about in their ignorance and the darkness and they did whatever they pleased. And whatever they thought was right, God overlooked it all. You know, and and God's mercy covered all of that. But now he commands people everywhere to repent, to come to the grace of God that is available in Jesus Christ. In Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 through verse 10, we find this massive crowd of people from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation. They are gathered in the presence of God. It is a picture of the culmination of all of life and the realities that, you know, of, of, of all existence. And there is this marvelous moment of people gathered from every tribe, from every tongue, from every nation. While distinct and visibly different because of their cultures, yet they are united in echoing the reality of the saving goodness of God. And they say, salvation belongs to our God. And this is the vision of God for the nations here in the Twin Cities, here in America, here in our neighborhoods, here across the street from us. God wants to see the nations gathered together and experiencing, encountering the grace that he has so freely given through his son, Jesus Christ. The nations are ready to hear from you and to hear from me the love of God. If we truly know Jesus and we truly love Jesus and we truly want to follow Jesus, and we truly understand his passion and vision and mission for the world, then we want to catch his heart and understand his passion for the salvation of the peoples of the earth. A few years ago, I had the privilege um, of invitation to pray at the Hmong International Festival. Uh, I think a year before they had uh, somebody, you know, shooting happen at the event. And, and so as they were going into their next year of the festival that happens in St. Paul, you know, they, they, they were a little bit unsure and, and they just wanted some assurance. And so they reached out and said, we want to invite a Christian to come and pray, you know, over our event before it starts. Now, you know, the Hmong community, many of them are Buddhist and uh, animist and, you know, they worship ancestral spirits and, you know, take libations to the graves of their ancestors, all of those things. 
But here they were saying, you know, we, 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 we realize that those things fall short. Could, could you come and pray for us? And so I had the privilege to be there and to pray over them. But we also set up a prayer tent and say, you know, if anyone is interested in prayer, please come. And, you know, I have a picture here that I want to show you. You know, because while we were there, so many of them came through the prayer tent. And they were living there, you know, bracelets and, you know, all kinds of things that they had been wearing, charms that they got from their shamans and uh, from their ancestors that they were using to appeal to the spiritual world and all of those things. They discarded them there in the prayer tent. And, you know, we collected so many as they gave their lives to Christ. The nations are ready to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Not just over there, but here as well. And God is counting on you and I to carry his good news, his message to the nations in the Twin Cities. And to our neighbors and our friends. Some may look like us, some may not look like us. He wants us to be open vessels that he can use. In John 4.35, Jesus says, don't you have a saying? It is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. They are ripe for harvest. Habakkuk, the prophet, reminds us in Habakkuk 1.5, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe even if you were told. Again, as he prays to the Lord, he says, Lord, I, I've heard of your fame. You know, reflecting on what God had done with Israel and crossing the Red Sea and you know, uh, vanquishing the, the opposition for the kingdom of God. He says, I've heard of your fame. And I stand in awe of your deeds. But then he prays and says, Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. America is on a threshold of revival. America today is on the threshold of revival. Yes, maybe you've heard different kinds of prophecies that tell you America is falling, America is on the verge of destruction, America is on the verge of civil war. But did you know that when there is great conflict, it is a sign that God is about to break through if his people, if his people press in and pray and seek his face and are available to him. And that is what God wants to do here and now. Light and darkness, they stand in stark contrast because God wants to break through his people's lives, including all of us here today. He doesn't want us just to come and sit here and, you know, take it in. He wants us to move higher. He wants us to encounter him more. If you don't know him as Savior, he wants you to know him. If you have just been costing, he wants you to make an effort and reach out and encounter him more personally. He wants you to break through. If you feel chained by things, he wants you to break loose. If you feel too dignified, he wants you to let loose a little bit, right? And just be undignified for a moment, like David and dance in his presence and say, you know, Lord, I lift up my voice to you 
because I know that you're alive. He wants you to embrace his mission and his purpose and his call. I'm here today because I want to invite you into this amazing moment with God in America. I want to invite you into this amazing moment of the Spirit's move in the Twin Cities. We have an initiative we call Marge uh, USA, and, and you know, we operate from right up here in the, in the offices, uh, reaching out into the city. And so it's only appropriate that we invite you here at Calvary to be a part of this amazing movement. We've held several worship and prayer nights here that this place was packed with people a couple of times, you know, from around the city. And I remember when uh, last year, March, when we had a prayer on worship night here and we had prayer lines that were stretching into the atrium out there. And now God wants to see those lines stretching out across our city. And so in 2024, we are praying that we have a citywide moment of outreach, a citywide moment of evangelism, a citywide moment of proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I have a short video I want to show you here quickly so that you kind of get an idea. If you can play that, please. In Acts chapter 2, verse 5 through 13, we are told that on the day of Pentecost, we had all these nations gathered in Jerusalem. We had Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judeans, Cappadocians, Pontusians, Asians, Therigians, Pamphylians, Egyptians, Libyans, Cyrenians, Romans, Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. They were all gathered in the city of Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. And as they were gathered here in that place, God poured out his mighty spirit. But I want you to take a moment and think about the Twin Cities. You know, we have, um, we, we have the Latinos and we have Asians and we have Africans and we have Europeans and we have Russians and we have people from all over the world. A hundred plus nations gathered here in our own city, in our own backyard. And guess what? God wants to pour out his Holy Spirit because when the nations are gathered, it is a recipe for revival. Hallelujah. It is a recipe for revival. 
I know we have a reputation as the Twin Cities. I was in Iraq the other day and I told somebody, I come from Minneapolis and say, oh, that place where, you know, George Floyd was killed. And that place where, you know, that there is a lot of darkness there. And I said, no, there is light there. Because Jesus is shining. Jesus is shining. Our abbreviation is MN, which means many nations. Hallelujah. MN, many nations. And God is pouring his spirit while he draws the nations here. He's pouring his spirit here and drawing us to himself. I want to invite you to consider a number of ways that you can respond. Number one, respond by committing to pray. Jesus exhorts us in Matthew 9, 38. He says, the fields are ripe for harvest. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he may send forth laborers. Will you commit to pray? Pray for your neighbor across the street. Pray for the nations that are here. Pray for the Twin Cities. Pray for Minnesota. Pray for America now because America needs you. God has you here because he wants America to get to know him. It's funny because when I was a kid, I, I would pray often for America. I had no idea I'll be in America someday. And then somehow as I prayed, I found myself coming to America eventually. And when you pray, prayer has a way of changing you. Prayer doesn't change God. Prayer aligns you with God. And as you pray, God will give you specifics and align your heart with what he wants to do here. The second way I want to invite you to consider is to pray, uh, not only to pray, but to draw near and open your eyes. Look around you. Be intentional. Look around and see who is there. Who needs this message of grace? Whom can I invite to come with me to church on Sunday? You see, this, this good news is, is amazing. It, it is wonderful. Christ gives us joy. And yet there is a world outside of our homes, outside of our houses, and many times inside our houses that are dying, that are depressed, that are anxious. And yet we have Jesus. We can share Jesus with them. What are we doing? Will we avail ourselves to him and be vessels and open our eyes and say, Jesus, open my eyes that I may see the way you see. I may desire the way you desire and I may be available the way you are available. And then see how he will use you to be a servant of the kingdom of God. Not just to the people over there, but to the people right next to you in your office and to the nations that are here. And maybe he has given you even resources for the kingdom. Like that man who had the donkey, you know, when Jesus needed to, 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 to go into the city and the triumphal entry. He sent the disciples and said, go get that donkey. If he asks you, tell him, the master has need of him. And you are that. You have the donkey. You've been taking care of it. Maybe you've sat on your dollars for a long time. 
I had a friend who told me he had this friend, you know, or rather this guy, and, and he, this friend works in the financial world. And he says, you know, this man during the recession, uh, he had just over $20 million on his account. And he could not stand seeing his money go down at all uh, when COVID hit. And he was just a nervous wreck when he saw his money come down a little bit to 20 million or 18 million and he wanted to sell his everything so that he can hang on to the dollars. But you know what? God has given that to you to be a steward of it and to give it back to him to say, hey, the Lord has need of this. Lord, have it. Have your way with it. Then Jesus invites us to be tellers of his good news to be vessels, to be the mouthpiece of the kingdom. He has said, go make disciples of all nations. And I want to invite you to consider signing up as we think about a citywide moment of outreach. Maybe you're saying, you know, God is speaking to me right now. I want to be a part of it. I want to stay in the know. I want to, I want to be involved. I want, to, I want to be part of this move of God here and in America right now. You know, we have a QR code, you could scan it and, you know, sign up even right now to get updates from Marge. And if you take your phone and point at it, you can scan it right now and sign up. And, or you can go to our table in the back and be able to sign up there as well. So that you can be available to God's purposes right here in our own neighborhood. And as I invite you to consider that, I want to invite you to the most important thing for you to consider. Maybe you're here or you're seated in Minnetonka or online and you don't have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. You cannot understand the mission of Jesus without a relationship with him. He calls us to himself first. And then from that place of relationship, then... He leads us to mission. Then he leads us to transformation. Then he walks in and through us to change the rest of the world. So this morning I want to invite you. Jesus says, my burden is light. My yoke is easy. And that is for you. Maybe you're carrying heavy burdens. Maybe you're suicidal even this morning and, and you decide I'm going to go to church just see if I have any answers because I feel depressed, I feel anxious. You know, Jesus says, come to me. I will give you rest. I'll give you joy. I'll give you meaning. I'll give you purpose. So this moment, I want to invite you to consider that. Or maybe you feel oppressed by the demonic you know, when we were in Africa, so many people were, were getting set free because they had engaged in the occult, you know, interacted with, you know, demonic things, terror cards maybe you have, or, you know, you've been involved with Freemasons or your family was, and, and, and there are things that oppress you in your life. You know, Jesus sets us free from all those oppressive things today, not tomorrow, today. His freedom is here for you. So I want to pray for you. I want to invite all of us to rise to our feet right now. As we come to a conclusion of this moment. If you can bow in prayer. As you consider this invitation. 
the most important is that we grow closer to Jesus. That if we don't know him, we come to the place of knowing who he is. Who he says he is. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. So as we are bowed in prayer, and you know you don't have a saving relationship with Jesus. And today you want to acknowledge him as your savior. I want to invite you to raise your hand wherever you are, because I would love to pray for you. If you can just raise your hand straight, thank you. You know that Jesus is not the savior of your life and today you're saying, I want him in my heart as my Lord. Just raise it up straight. Let me see that again. All of you that are raising your hands, if you can just pray this with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge today that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I repent of my sin. I acknowledge you in my heart. Come and live inside of me. Take my name from the book of death and write it in the book of life. I receive you as my Lord. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give Jesus a hand for all of those that just gave their lives to Christ. Here and here and in Minnetonka, if you just prayed that prayer for the first time, you know, the Bible tells us that as many as received him, he gave them power to become sons and daughters of God. In just a moment, we're going to have prayer counselors here. And, you know, if you pray that prayer, you know, I want you to come up to each one or to them and tell them you just prayed to receive Jesus as your savior. But I also want to pray for anyone that feels a sense of, uh, you know, just needing God to break through. Maybe you've, you've felt hopeless, you felt depressed and anxious, and, and, and you are crying out to God. You know, you're a believer, but you know, you, you have things in your life that you want to break through from, f- break free from. You know, Jesus is here to minister to you. And therefore, as we are, you know, continuing in prayer, if, if you, you need that kind of prayer or healing, deliverance, any kind of freedom, just, just raise your hand right now because I'm going to pray for you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your people. Uh, and I want to ask the prayer counselors if you can just make your way up here right now as, as I pray this, uh, because I would love for you then uh, to pray with the people here one-on-one as well. And so, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your people. We thank you that your Holy Spirit is here to walk and to set free. Your Holy Spirit is here to break off the chains of darkness of the shoulders of your people. And I pray in the name of Jesus that every stranglehold of Satan be broken right now in Jesus' name. Every demonic oppression off the shoulders of God's people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to every sickness out of their bodies right now in the authority of the name of Jesus. For by the stripes of Christ we are healed. And Jesus sets us free. 
Jesus sets us free. His truth sets us free. We know the truth. The truth sets us free. And therefore we speak to every principality, every demonic power, every oppressive, every uh, depressing spirit to lift off God's people right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, we invite you, come and hover over us and heal and restore in the name of Jesus.